Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers stay clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save big money at Menards. I still hear it, but oh well. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sap. This is the post AEW double or nothing show. We got plenty to talk about. Reminder if you haven't subscribed to youtube.com slash fightful, go ahead and do that. Leave a thumbs up, subscribe. We got tons of content there and no time to plug it. But remember, if you want your question or statement read on the air, donate a super chat. Any amount, get your question or statement read on the air. And uh, we've got plenty of shows for you, including one. Featuring this guy, Jeremy Lambert. He does the distraction. He reviews movies on Tuesdays, uh, books a territory into oblivion on Saturdays, and talks news on Thursday. How you doing, Jeremy? I am doing well. Yeah, one show. We do three shows a week, Sean. And three shows. It's one show, but it's <laughs> three episodes. And we are joined by Phil Lindsay. Phil, I'm very excited okay. to have you on the show. Thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for having me. We're going to talk AEW, and of course, if you want to follow Phil, his handle's right there. Check him out on Bell to Bells. Check Jeremy out uh, at your local dentist. Check him out <laughs> at Jeremy Lambert 88 But let's roll right into AEW Double or Nothing, because I am going to try to get on the scrum right after this. But the top contender match kicked off this show. Best Friends defeated Private Party. Private Party are, are really starting to come into their own. You can tell that like they, they've had a little bit of rust on them because they haven't been in the ring a ton lately. But I, I felt it was pretty clear that best friends were going to win this. But what did you think of this one, Phil? Uh, I thought it was a good match. Um, it was a little sloppy at some points. Um, but I thought it was a good match for a kickoff match. Yeah, I, I did too. I mean, I, I love Private Party hitting the crime time finish, the G9. That was That was a yeah. great touch. Jeremy, was there anything more you were expecting out of this that maybe you didn't get? The the only spot that I looked at and I was like, oh, I don't like that, is I think when Mark got pile drive on the floor and then he's up in 20 seconds. I was like, ah. Yeah, that and there was some sloppiness with like the whole 
let me toss your leg into your partner type deal. And uh, But otherwise, I'm glad Best Friends won. They've been pushing them hard on television over the past couple of weeks, so it wouldn't have made a, a ton of sense to have them lose to, to Private Party here. So a good win by, by Best Friends, setting up Best Friends and um, Hangman and Omega somewhere down the line. And I do think Private Party will get to where they need to be. It's just It was clear right now that Best Friends... Uh, best friends were were better fit for this than uh, than than private party were. And I just realized that I didn't hook up my external camera after this, so they can't see me right now. Being Jeremy and Phil, they they don't know if I'm like if I'm throwing gestures up at them at their opinions <laughs> or anything like that. But uh, yeah, we I thought a pretty good pretty good opening match. Then we got into the top contender casino ladder match. The gimmick behind this, I thought it was originally 90 seconds were supposed to be the intervals, but they were two minutes. I rather like the new rules where a new entrant comes out every couple minutes. Phil, what did you make of that? It's a new twist on a on a favorite match. I liked it. Um, at first, I thought it was going to be a little bit plotting because you had to wait every time. Yeah. But I thought everybody's entrance made sense, like especially Orange Cassidy's. Um, and, <laughs> you know, the surprise entrance made a lot of sense, too. Um, so I, I liked it. Yeah, that was the thing. There were specialized entrances for each person, so to speak. You started out with SCU, and they didn't want to wrestle each other, uh, or they didn't want to fight each other. They wanted to wrestle each other. You had Kip Sabian come out. Jimmy Havoc helped him. I thought that was a good way to get around the fact that Kip Sabian was about to get the shit knocked out of him. Because you had Jimmy Havoc out there. Uh, I almost called you Andrew, Jeremy, because every time I think of Jimmy Havoc, I think of Andrew almost beating <laughs> him down. Andrew. Yeah, I thought it's a, the one-year anniversary of Andrew about ready to <laughs> do the this uh, power bomb onto Jimmy Havoc through a ladder. But any thoughts on the on the suit that Jimmy Havoc was wearing, Jeremy? Uh, he cleaned up nicely, which is good. So so good for Jimmy Havoc. He got on the show. Um, we'll move on from Jimmy Havoc. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we will gladly. Uh, there's <laughs> Darby Allen comes out, and the thing I like about Darby Allen's suicide dive, he always looks like he's trying to take somebody out. He also hit this insane skateboard stomp, or missed it rather, on yeah. Kazarian. He's at the top of a ladder, and he tries to stomp Kazarian through another ladder. Unbelievable spot. Phil, did you have a certain spot in this match that that you that stood out to you? Like, damn, can't believe that didn't ha- that just happened. Uh, the spot where um, I don't know if we're allowed to talk about the secret entry yet. The super yeah yeah double. sure of course. <laughs> so Brian Cage is the secret entrant, and um, he's under the, all of this rubble. And Amazing. I can't remember. I think it was Scorpio Sky that gets slammed on top of it while he's under it, and you can't see that he's still under it until the camera pans out. I thought it's... that was great. <laughs> <laughs> they buried Brian Cage, and I thought, Jeremy, that they did this so they could get away with him not winning this match, but he's alive and well, does a, a big series on Luchasaurus, power bombs him under the ladder, hits a drill claw, and this is after we see Marco Stunt pop up, uh, we see some other stuff like uh, Cage running through everybody, and an awesome F5 onto Darby. Like there was some crazy stuff in this match that that they did that I thought was going to set up Brian Cage just remaining buried underneath everything. 
First off, if Darby Allen is not a playable character in the Tony Hawk remake that's coming out <laughs> later this year, some somebody screwed up, okay? We got to get Darby in the game somehow. I don't know how we can make that happen, but I'm throwing it out there right now so everybody can give us the credit for it when it does happen. It um, needs it needs to. Also, <laughs> the Janela spot, that that's the leader for me. That that Death Valley driver, I think is that, I think is that is that the one that you mentioned, Phil? Yes. Oh my god. I saw that and I was like, Cage isn't still under there. And he was amazing. I, I did think this was a little bit overbooked at times. Uh, Jeremy, d- did it leave something to be desired for you? To me, I give it some leeway because it is the first one. Yeah, it it was a little overbooked with the run-ins, and there was too much, like, standing around. The Kip Sabian and Kazarian spot waiting for, like, Luchasaurus to that countdown. Like, they were just standing there, clearly just waiting for him to come in, and I don't know if they, they missed the mark on that, but it was a little too much standing around in some spots. But, I mean, it was a gauntlet ladder match. I still maintain Scorpio and Kazarian should have just gotten the thing, shared it yeah. as SCU. Celebrated as one. That's what New Day would have done. Real best friends, New Day, unlike <laughs> SCU, who are clearly fake friends. Yeah, they would have just grabbed the ladder, climbed up there. One of them would have got it, and they would have settled it over rock, paper, scissors later on. Yeah. yeah. That's 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 the man's way of doing it. <laughs> that's, that's a manly way of doing it. Also, a highlight of this match is Orange Cassidy walking out and saying, <laughs> how do I win this match? <laughs> and if we were to point out a low light, probably... Really, the main thing, uh, Kazarian and Luchasaurus messed up a little Hurricane Rana spot, but Cage picks up Darby Allen on the ladder, heaves him outside, and he gets the win. So Cage debuts, Phil. He's got a title shot. Who were you expecting to to show up here ahead of this show? Uh, I, I kind of was looking for a long shot and hoping that Pac showed up. But, nice. I mean, with the travel stuff, you know, that was kind of a long shot. But it would have been nice. It would have been, and I'm really liking the vignettes that they're rocking with him, too. I mean, it it, it really helps out. Jeremy, any any more on this ladder match? Which, again, I, I, I prefer to the Battle Royal. You can't stop the wrath of Brian Cage, Sean. <sighs> <laughs> and Phil, I'm sure you've I'm sure you've seen the battle royals in the past. How do you prefer this to those? I found that in the past it was a little bit hard for production to catch a lot of the stuff in the battle royal, but they missed a yeah. couple things here too. Yeah, I thought this was way better than the battle royal. The battle royals are so clunky that they still don't explain them well. <laughs> they just I don't know. I thought this was way better. Yeah, this this to me they found something here. And and I, I like that. I like it when you guys send us those beautiful super chats. Get your question or statement read on the air. Evan Wright says, I think Cage has been signed since he left Impact. Yep, around then. Around then. Uh, Anakin JMT said... <laughs> now, now, I know that this wasn't... I know he wasn't making a tooth joke, but that's how I took it. He said, Jeremy, I hope this pay-per-view made you smile after this week. Uh, I, I don't think he's making it. Too he's joke, not. But thank you. It, it's been, I think for a lot of people, it's been, it's been a rough week. Um, but some, obviously some stuff personally and close to me lost, lost a good friend. So yeah, but it did make me smile. And, uh, you could see my toothless aggression as Sean made fun of me all night in the chat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we definitely wish the best of the family and friends of Larry Zonka, Shad Gaspard, Hanukkah Mora, 
it's it's been a rough week. It's been a rough week. Uh, Marco Dominguez says quality wrestling should always bring us together like a family. It's a reminder that we're stronger when we build each other up, not tear each other down. Yeah, guys, if you all see that toxic behavior, don't be afraid to block it. It's the best thing I've done on Twitter over the last year is start blocking people. Uh, you don't owe anybody your presence on social media or anything like that. Stay up and keep it up, says, I know we've hammered on this show before, but Tony Khan should do his job because six men were waiting seven seconds for Luchasaurus to powerbomb Kip. Well, I don't know that Tony Khan is a road agent, <laughs> to be fair. that That's probably a Billy Gunn, a Jerry Lynn, or something like that. Phil, does that, that take you out when you see these guys waiting for the catch? Well, especially when half the times they don't catch anybody after they waited, but still. Uh, there was a few times tonight where I was looking at it like, okay, they're clearly building a spot. They're clearly building a spot, and it was taking too long. Um, like, that happened in a women's match, and I was just kind of like, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so sometimes it does, but um, I didn't think it was too bad in this match. It was a few spots that were off, but... It did happen a few times throughout the night. Eloquent says, I think this is the best COVID-19 era show to date. I think there have been a couple good ones. I think WWE's Money in the Bank was a very good-paced show. I like that. I was hoping this show would be paced more like that, and it it went a little bit long to me. Rob Wilkins says, Jeremy, how was your pizza? <laughs> Phil, Welcome. I give the show an 8.5 out of 10. I thought it was an enjoyable show. I just thought it could be a little shorter. Jeremy, how was your pizza? Mine made me shit my brains out. Uh, my pizza was, <laughs> was very good. Did Did you get the barbecue chicken and bacon, Sean? Yeah, I got I got that. Of course I did. Phil, what did you have for dinner? Did you have pizza? <laughs> I did not. I just had leftovers on refrigerator. <laughs> Man. See, he, he went the wise route. He went the wise yeah. route. <laughs> The Dallas fan 1982 says, Sean, will you do a video of what you thought of Owen Hart's death uh, and the Dark Side of the Ring episode? Uh, just watch Listen, Your Boy. Jimmy and I talked about it for like 15, 20 minutes. That has all my thoughts on that right there. Matthew Garrett says, if you had a golden ticket and could jump into any wrestling event ever, live in the crowd, what event would it be and why? Ooh. Uh, well, honestly, the most fun I have ever had at a wrestling show or virtually any AEW shows I've been to. It, the demographic is younger. It's more diverse. It's a, it's a lot more fun to me. Phil, you have one that sticks out to you? I'm sorry. Well, the question was if I if could, you could uh, travel to any show, you could put yourself in any show in the crowd. I assume in the past, what would it be? Uh, I would probably rebellion. Cause I didn't get to go to rebellion. I did go to like the other two events in Chicago. I went to all in. Um, so probably rebellion. How about you, Jeremy? Um, I would want to be part of the 193,000 people at WrestleMania 3 when Hulk Hogan picked up Andre say, the Giant over his head and slammed him. I thought you were going to say the North Korea show, Collision in <laughs> Korea, because they had like so many people there. Rob Bookin says, following me on Twitter, definitely a number two best choice. Anakin JMT says, where do you guys rank this show with the other AEW pay-per-views? Well, it's hard for me to do that because I was at several of them. And when you're there, I'm telling you, it's it's unlike any live experience. So, Jeremy, where would you rank this one? Yeah, I was at um, Revolution. So, uh, no, sorry, I was at Full Gear. Uh, so that one is probably tops for me. Um, 
I don't know. The crowd makes AEW events so much, and, and this one with the lack of crowd, I do think hurt it overall. How about you, Phil? Uh, I think I would rank it below most of the ones last year, other than probably Full Gear. It's better than Full Gear. Um, yeah. but I I definitely think Double or Nothing last year was much better. I think All Out was better. Yeah. And, and the presence of that crowd, it makes such a difference. Yeah. And as we wrap up the super, this round of Super Chats, Tim Traver says, been having a rough week. want to say thank you for being here when I'm feeling down. I love the Fightful family. Hey, we appreciate you, Tim. We're thinking of you. We're thinking of our buddy Throwback, who is uh, having uh, an important weekend as well. But our show rolls on, and damn, does it. MJF and Jungle Boy, I did not know they were going to bring it like this. This was real good jungle boy slaps mjf when he's in a headstand uh mjf has abandoned the scarf your thoughts jeremy (laughs) the scarf was chafing his neck and you you must remember sean he suffered a serious (laughs) nick on his neck when he was shaving and and the scarf makes that injury worse so that is why the scarf has been abandoned uh i've been told he will bring it back for at some point this is a complete uh power rankings take here please don't take me too serious on this and yell at me see i don't know if any of that is is actually (laughs) factual uh but i i like it i like that they're advancing they're integrating new at they're they're still keeping it in his gear and stuff but I, i like that my only qualm with this is i don't like the let's let each other hit each other spot i i don't like that because I could just imagine if somebody did that in MMA, like that'd be. Could you imagine somebody doing that to Francis Ngannou? I don't think yeah, so. Mar- Max Holloway wants that done to him all the time. Though. Yeah, fair, fair. But it's usually <laughs> in the last ten seconds of the round that we can do that. Anakin JMT says, "Love how MJF first cheated, then didn't to win." I, I like that too, and, and we're gonna get to that. Uh, Jungle Boy has an amazing comeback on him. Like he's got this fiery comeback where he just strikes. Throws throws all this stuff. MJF has really like just expanded his his offensive arsenal. He does this great head and arm suplex, a, a heaving backbreaker. There was a pump handle driver that was really good out of the crossface when MJF bit uh, Jungle Boy's hand. The reverse Rana on the apron was really good. Uh, there was an avalanche sit down powerbomb from Jungle Boy, and then there was a series of pinfalls. That resulted in uh, in MJF just winning clean. Did it surprise you, Phil, to see MJF win clean? No, I pre- I pretty much figured MJF is going to win. I mean, he's he's got the better record. He's definitely the hotter guy right now. Uh, I thought they did a good job of making Jungle Boy look good yeah. um, throughout. But I mean, yeah, you got to get a win in MJF. And the thing is, like, I like that they're just portraying that. MJF is real good. And yeah. I hate to draw a WWE comparison, but so often in WWE, he would have to cheat to win against anybody. And that shouldn't necessarily be the case. Some assholes are just really good at what they do. MJF is one of those. It seems like he's on a collision course for a world title shot eventually. I don't know. Maybe a TNT title shot. I don't know. But Jeremy, your, your thoughts on this one? Because... Early on, I was like, damn, this this might end up being match of the night. It, it was really good. I mean, they had a great match on Dynamite yeah. earlier this year, so it wasn't too yeah. surprising that, that it was this good. I mean, MJF, for everything you can say about him, he's a very good professional wrestler. Yeah, piece of shit, uh, asshole, jerk, um, <laughs> pretentious douchebag. You can say all those things. 
bad with directions. Um, yeah. yeah, but he's <laughs> he's a very good is a very good professional wrestler, and and I thought this match was great. I mean, these guys are twenty four and twenty two. They're going to be headlining double or nothing ten years from now and doing callbacks to this match, and we're all going to be freaking out over it. So I thought this was a great match. Amazing. If you're Tony Khan and AEW, you got to be ecstatic at how these two guys performed in this match. Evan Wright says, Jungle Boy proved he was a serious player, and MJF proved he could do it in the ring. Guy is scary good. Yeah, he is, because the rap on him was, oh, well, he, he can't do it in the ring. Uh, yeah, he can. Yeah, he can. And it's really good. And he's the type of heel that you enjoy the work that you see, but then when you go to the arena, you want to boo him. And that's, to me, that's, that's awesome. And it's something I talked to Gregory Iron about, like, he is a wrestler with cerebral palsy. It's tough for him to get heat. And when he's playing a heel and people appreciate his work, he prefers that people show up there and boo him. If you appreciate the heel work, show up there and boo the people. Help get them over in that regard. Uh, he's one of those people that's just so so easy to hate, uh, both legitimately and in the, uh, the aspect of storyline. Where do you think he goes from here, Phil? Uh, MGF, uh, yeah. Well, he, he has the he has the best record now, right under Mox, right. So he's got to be yeah. next up for a title shot. Yeah, I mean Cage is there too, but it if you're MJF, you, you'd have to be have to be going for it. Yeah. Let's talk about this title belt. <laughs> so I got a look at this title belt before the pictures emerged, and I showed it to Jeremy. And I think the term that I, I said that I hoped it was a Scotty Pippen 1994 playoffs decoy. I whole I was hoping it wasn't the real one. I was hoping that somebody was like, "Ah, oh, let's leak this to the sheets, <laughs> try to find <laughs> where some leaks are so they could premiere the real thing." It is unfinished, as it turns out. And if you guys subscribe to Fightful Select, please do that. We have tons of exclusives there. Not going to give you the long pitch, but tons of podcasts, exclusive news. I revealed tonight, it was in fact not reactionary. They didn't see the reaction online and say, oh, we got to add to this belt. There are only a few places nationwide where you can get plating done, and they were not able to get that done during the pandemic. So there, there are elements of this to be added on. Phil, what were your immediate reactions when you saw this title and you realized this was the actual thing before they said, we got work to do? Well, I saw it before it came out and I was in a, I was in a live chat with somebody else. And so I was kind of joking about it before they even came out. And I, I said, you got to look at this belt. So when the belt comes out, he's like, no, that's really the belt. So it, it kind of looks like the 24-7 championship yeah. to me was just like a red strap. <laughs> oh, it was it was rough. Jeremy, thoughts, feelings, emotions? It looked like the, the old Raw, or maybe the current Raw tag team titles. I don't know what the tag team titles look anymore, but just like the, the giant like silver dollar tag team titles. Like that's what it looked like. Yeah, it's, it looks like somebody took the 24-7 into the custom title on... 2k or something psych i I don't think 2k even has that in their game anymore uh well they don't have any game anymore now but uh anakin jmt actually says glad that isn't the final title because it looks a lot worse than the 24 7 title i agree um 
let's wrap up some super chats that were there uh, before we get into this match. DGMC says, can't wait for babyface MJF in the distant future going up against heel EVP Cody and possibly the elite too. I can see MJF doing a pseudo babyface run eventually when they introduce a new guy and give him a few months of build as even more vile than MJF. Because like Brody Lee isn't more vile than MJF. It would have to be somebody that's such a piece of shit that you can only counter him with another piece of shit. Like, like that's the only thing that could possibly stop him. It's like Lex Luthor fighting Thanos or something like that. I don't know if that's an accurate thing to say. I don't read comic books, but there you go. JJ Lee says, I respect that AEW isn't afraid to book a guy to just lose a match no matter how much they've been built up. That's sports, winners and losers. I agree with this, Jeremy. I've been saying this a long time. Randy Savage always said, win him in the ring, lose him in the ring. If I'm over enough, I'm over enough. Yeah, I think that's the the theory behind Jungle Boy as well. I mean, Jungle Boy doesn't have a great record, and yet people are still fine. You know, he's still getting big matches. People still like him because he has competitive matches. He loses clean. Okay, he's 22 years old. Like he, It's okay, and that's why I was completely fine with MJF just winning clean. Establish that he is better than everybody. Establish that. He doesn't need to cheat to win these matches. I think it's a good thing. Phil, how do you feel about that? I mean, we're, we see a lot of people that just take straight up clean losses. Uh, I, I think it works. I mean, yeah, I feel like if you're gonna push a guy and you, you're gonna put him in a big match, you can't be afraid to have him lose. Otherwise, don't put him in a match. Yep, I, I agree. That's another thing Jim Ross says on his podcast all the time. If you can't get out of the match without doing that kind of booking, then why'd you book the match? Why'd you book Absolutely. the match? DGMC, I'm glad that he mentioned this because that's where I was going. He says, with Meme Machine Tyson uh, looking (laughs) jacked and wrestling uh, insanity in Jaguar Stadium, how much mainstream pub do you think tonight's event will get? Well, unfortunately, Mike Tyson got caught yawning, too, so that one might get some unfortunate (laughs) publicity. But he looked jacked. He looked awesome. His reaction to Lance Archer, they could not have asked for a better reaction to Lance Archer beating that ass. Jeremy, how do you feel that that Mike Tyson's appearance here went? Because it seemed like he was excited to get out of there, too. I thought Tyson was great. I don't know how much mainstream publicity. I mean, maybe because there's nothing else going on, it'll get a little bit more. But, like... It didn't hit anybody. That like yeah. that's the big selling point of, of Mike Tyson being there. You you showed the highlight of him punching somebody. The main takeaway from Mike Tyson was he got caught yawning. I, I don't know. <laughs> like that's not the publicity you want. So I I don't know if it's gonna get as much as and maybe they don't think it was gonna get anything, and that's why they didn't book him to hit anybody. But I if I, they would have asked Dan Lam- if they would have asked Dan Lambert to get hit, he would have done it. He would have hopped yeah. that guardrail and done it. Dan Lambert is a gamer. I don't know why they didn't have him punch somebody. Like, after he takes his shirt off, punch Jake Roberts. I don't know if Jake Roberts can take a bump, but punch somebody. You got Mike Tyson. (laughs) He would try. I think Jake Roberts would try for that. I think he would be cool to do that. Uh, Phil, your thoughts on Mike Tyson? He he presented Cody the belt after this match and then hit the bricks. (laughs) I thought the best uh, cutback to Mike was when they were kicking both um, Arn and uh, Jake out, and he's just like... (laughs) <laughs> that was the, that was the best cutback to him in the entire thing. So Lance Archer hits a blackout immediately. Cody counters the EBD claw, 
and gets pounced in midair. I love that, that he uses uh, the pounce, because Monty Brown is a buddy of his, from what I remember. Um, this guy is 43 years old and almost 7 feet tall doing a rope walk moonsault. That is batshit crazy. That is so nuts. Uh, I loved Cody's comeback. He hit like a springboard cutter, then a crossroads, then a curtain call, then a stinger splash. And that son of a bitch hitting a stinger splash tonight because that's all I've heard all week is, oh, you know Sting's going to show up, right? You know, Sting's been a free agent for a while, guys. Like, this isn't a new thing. Somebody just happened to find out about it from what I understand. So, like, Sting isn't imminently joining AEW and set to face Moxley. Like, it's it's not happening like that. But uh, I love that Arn Anderson cheated in this match, too. Because why not? And Arn Anderson is a cheating bastard. He always has been. So why not keep him in that in that mode, so to speak? Uh, Jake and Arn get kicked out. Jake comes back with a snake, but Mike cuts him off. And Cody wins with two straight crossroads. Phil, personally, I thought this was the right move because you put the title on a guy who is one of the most over guys, and he can't win the world title. So it makes you wonder, would he be world champion if he weren't TNT champion? And I think that's a good way to establish it as a top title. I want to know what you thought about the decision to put the title on Cody and the match. Uh, I thought it was a good match. Uh, I think once once Cody beat Darby, you kind of had to put the title on him. Because mm-hmm. if you were going to take him out of the tournament, that was the time to take him out. Um, but you had already built up the feud with him and Lance, so you had to have him beat Darby. So once once you go to the finals, you're not going to put the title on Lance as the first champion. You're not going to get as much pub off of Lance. Jeremy, your thoughts on the TNT Championship, which ahead of this show I thought should have main evented after knowing what we know now shouldn't have. Not to say it was a bad match. I enjoyed the match. I thought it was a little long, could have been edited down slightly. Uh, I love Cody. His act just works so much better in front of a live crowd yeah. because he always has the crowd in the palm of his hand, and without that live crowd, uh, it, like his comeback and even some of the heat spots just weren't as good as they, they typically have been from him in AEW. I, I kind of thought this was like his worst AEW match, and I'm not saying that mm. like it was a bad match or anything, but his work in, in AEW has been so strong that even like a you know kind of a mid-level match stands out as being the worst. I thought it was the right decision to put the title on him because he can't challenge for the world title, so so give him the secondary belt, let him have that. He, I mean, he's, he's going to be a fine champion, uh, but his, his stuff just works better in front of a crowd. I, you can say that about a lot of people, but especially Cody. Uh, Evan Wright didn't send a super chat, but his comment was really good, so I wanted to read it. He said, Cody hitting a DDT, looking Jake right in his eyes, followed by Archer doing a spine buster and looking at Arn. Great spot. I love that. Yep. That was such a cerebral spot. Rob Wilkins says, the belt looks so bad, I thought it was one of my Photoshop edits. I loved Archer doing the spine buster and looking at Anderson. Hashtag Holbert Fears Lambert. You to to imply that Holbert fears Lambert is to imply that Holbert cares enough to emote fear. <laughs> I I am not convinced that such a thing is is realistic. Honestly, that's actually true. Yeah, um, Dante sends a monster super chat. Big thank you, Dante. He says, "Great show, barring the Dustin Spears match." Oh boy, I can't wait to talk about that. 
He says, amazing wrestling all around, funny lines, and a few botches. Poor Jimmy. But overall, a great show to cap off a shitty week for wrestling. R.I.P. Shad and Hannah. Be nice to one each to one another, you nerds. That is an inherent contradiction, Dante. But thank you nonetheless. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, I had a good time tonight, and we needed we needed this night. I needed Britt Baker in this match with Chris Statlander because Penelope is not there yet. She's getting there. She's improved a lot, but is not there yet. To me, the... Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. The action here wasn't smooth, but it wasn't gritty enough to have me, like, too into it. The five cartwheels and the boop when somebody's down immediately, that takes me out of it, and that that's rough. But, man, I look at Chris Statlander, and I'm like, Jesus, she is way better than she even should be at this stage of her career. And she's going to keep learning and getting better, and Penelope Ford's going to keep learning and getting better. But um, I think Statlander... She's going to find something that makes her click, and she's going to be a monster babyface in that division. Phil, I mean, you you do a, an insane amount of women's wrestling coverage at Bell to Bells. What do you think of Chris Statlander defeating Penelope Ford? Uh, I actually thought both the women's matches were two of the better matches on the car, and I think it was because they were so much simpler than the other matches. They weren't so spot heavy. Mm-hmm. Um. And, I mean, I thought Penelope was a good stand-in for what it was. I mean, yeah, she still looks pretty green, but, I mean, I think she made the best out of a bad situation. Uh, Of course, Statland had to go over. um, But I I thought it was a solid match. Jeremy, your thoughts on this one? They kept it short, which which was certainly the right call because – Penelope was such a, a late replacement. Uh, Chris Statlander is really good. They yeah. they definitely have something with her. The gimmick is not going to connect with everybody. I think it worked. Like you've got the Young Bucks and Matt Hardy and Kenny Omega doing the stuff they did tonight. Uh, so I think Chris Statlander. There's certainly a place for her uh, in this company, especially with how good she is in the ring. I'm with you on Penelope. Not quite there, but she's getting really good reps right now. Uh, working these empty arena shows. So I think that'll be good for her down the time. I do miss uh, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, though. Yeah, the, they showed her doctor, and if anybody can make this injury work, it's going to be Britt Baker. Britt people ba- have people are like convinced this is a work right now because they did yeah. the Kip Sabian thing. <laughs> uh, you know, the, Matt Jackson worked. MJF even, even did like a he'll um you know he faked the knee injury during the match like people like oh and and doc samson when he was like the patient is is, you know the bigger problem right now people like oh man this is a work i don't think this is a i don't think it's a work i don't think it's a work i mean maybe she lucked out but that 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 seemed rough as for chris's gimmick i'm fine with the gimmick to me it comes down to psychology and when you have your opponent down on the mat doing five cartwheels in a row is always going to bug me that's just always going to bug me uh, she'll pick up on that. She'll get better. She's got 
nowhere to go but up, and that's saying something she's already really good. Unfortunately, this show uh, didn't enjoy the same thing. Sean Spears calls out Dustin, who isn't coming, but then he does because Brandy appears and distracts him. Dustin shows up, beats up Sean Spears, and Sean Spears has Tully Blanchard's face on the dickhole of his underpants. <laughs> a curtain call and a pin. Man, well, let me tell you, we're in tough times right now. A lot of isolation, a lot of quarantining. But if you're looking to get somebody's face on the dickhole of your underpants, BlueChew.com can help. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know they work, but they work way faster, way better. And they're way cheaper than those other guys. That's because it's a chewable. can get to your system a lot faster. And it's prescribed online by approved physicians from Blue Chew that they work with to get this stuff to you faster. You do not need to be going to the doctor for your male enhancement right now. Stay away from the doctor unless you're sick, unless you're hurting. Instead, make somebody else feel like they need to go to the doctor because they've been walking like a dumbass all week after you get done with them. After you use BlueChew.com. It's prescribed online. It ships straight to your door. You can avoid the pharmacy. Because, I mean, here's the thing. By the time you get to the pharmacy, when all this is cleared up, the pharmacist is going to go, heard about that dick. And you're going to say, yeah, BlueChew.com, code Fightful. Bet you didn't hear it from my mailman, though. He doesn't know. It doesn't say anything on the package. It ships discreetly. Use that code Fightful. You get your first shipment free please tweet blue chew on twitter and tell them that you heard about the concepts of erections and improved sexual performance from sean ross app on the fightful podcast i appreciate you uh the concept of erection yeah yeah the basic concept of erections from me Anakin JMT okay. sent the super chat and says, Sean, please use that transition on Denise Monday. I'm not, I don't use the same one twice. I'm like Michael <laughs> Jordan. He wore a different pair of shoes every single game. Like it's, it's just, that's the way it works. Ah, <laughs> uh, Phil, what did you think about Dustin Rhodes and Sean Spears? I, I had a lot of people saying, oh, why do you even go to AEW? Give me a break. He was not on TV in WWE. This is even better than that. I'm fine with it, but I want to know what you think, Phil. This is probably the most WWE schlocky yeah. <laughs> slapstick match I've seen in AEW so far. Like it, it was bad. It, it was bad. It was it was bad. I like I kept trying to get into it. Like some parts of it was funny, like uh, his comedic turnaround at the beginning when he acted like he didn't know Dustin was there, but. It just kept rolling downhill from there. <laughs> it just kept getting worse. It at, at one point turned into like a bra and panties match because he got like stripped out of the underwear. I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> it was rough. Uh, Jeremy, any brief thoughts on this shit show? Uh, totally Blanchard. Those are my <sighs> brief thoughts. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> there were a few people that thought that Sean Spears let his uh, old horseman out of the stable there <laughs> instead. They thought that he had a dong slip, and fortunately he didn't. 
But fortunately, the match that followed this up was Hikaru Shida defeating Nyla Rose. Uh, they did pay homage to Hanakamura. I was shocked at this title change, but this was a good. That no DQ stipulation really worked here. Nyla, boy, is she improving. I mean, that's the thing. You had a lot of women on this show who were not TV ready because, quite frankly, they hadn't worked TV before. Now they've been working TV for about eight or nine months, and they're getting good. Nyla threw Sheeta through a poker table at ringside, did a great power slam. There was a spot into the, the poker chips. Uh, there was the kendo stick, a brain buster onto it. And let me tell you, I had to go get a cold compress for my forehead when Sheeta does an avalanche falcon arrow. Ooh, boy, that's a good one. There was a power bomb into a cornered table, a Death Valley driver, but then Sheeta wins it. Phil, I am very excited to hear your thoughts on this. Hikaru Sheeta getting the big victory. Uh, I thought this was really good. I I think this is going to be seen as one of AEW's best pay-per-view matches for women so far. I think it was definitely Nyla's best match. Um, really surprised Nyla lost. I, w- I thought she was going to retain. Um, but I kind of think it's the right call because she is really hot right now. She had a really good run to start the year. So I, I thought it was really good. Jeremy, any, anything to follow up with? I love this match. I, I like you, was pretty surprised that Sheeta won. I thought Nyla was going to have a, a lengthy reign where she kind of ran through some people. And with Baker getting injured, it seemed like she's the next logical title contender. So maybe you hold off on the Sheeta-Baker match. Um, with, with Baker being out, give Nyla a little bit of an extended run. I, hopefully Britt Baker is back soon. They can do this program. But as far as the match goes, I, I thought it was great. Certainly one of the, the better women's matches, I think, in all of AEW. This and the, the Sheeta-Baker match, probably the best two women's matches in AEW history. And that's probably sliding Riho a little bit, who had some really good matches as well. But yeah, Sheeta, the no DQ stipulation worked. It allowed them to do different things, maybe cover up a little bit of weaknesses, especially when it comes to Nyla, because she is still kind of, kind of new to yeah. all of that, but she's certainly just a powerhouse who can toss people around. She'd have bumped really well for her. You throw in some weapons. This all clicked for me. Evan Wright sends a super chat. Nyla to the camera. Always bet on black before the table. Yes. What a great, what a great line. Like, I heard somebody say she's like an 80s action movie star. Was that you, Jeremy? No, that wasn't me, but I'll take credit for it. If okay, well, we'll do that. We'll say that. <laughs> Fantastic line. Anakin JMT says, thoughts on commentary calling Sheeta the hottest wrestler in the industry when Becky is in it? Well, Becky's not in it for the next year or so, so I don't have a problem with that. Anakin says, Nyla and Sheeta is why women's wrestling is my favorite type of wrestling when a women's division has matches like that, the whole company shines. Yeah, uh, Phil, I thought this was this this was a world championship caliber match. Now I'm ready to see them get more women involved. I know that there's some that they can't, like Shayna is stuck uh, overseas. Like, this, but they they need to vary it up a little bit. We saw Big Swole there today. I want to see her involved more. I gotta see her involved more, especially after she almost stole the show from the damn crowd tonight. She was awesome. She did. Any any thoughts on where the division goes from here, Phil? Uh, well, because I, I thought that uh, Nyla was going to retain, I'm not sure who the next challenger is going to be. Um, 
I think Big Swole stands out personality-wise, but as far as, like, another hill, there's no one to really build on. Like, I mean, it's pretty much just Penelope and Nyla at, at the moment. Yeah. Um, I, I think they really got to step up and build some more people effectively. There, there were a lot of early hires that are questionable. Like, the Leva hire, she's been relegated to doing what she's doing. Allie has been made a manager. Melanie, the yeah. Nightmare Collective, fell apart. Awesome Kong, I, I get why they, they hired her. She is a great person to have. She's going to be a great person to agent matches for AEW, uh, teaching people how to act straight up, um, and a good person to be around because she's just a wonderful person. But anybody that saw her impact run knew that, her last impact run, knew that those days were gone. So I'm not surprised that she couldn't get cleared to go in the ring. But there were there were a lot of hires early on that they couldn't really use to the level of which they wanted to put on their women's action, and they've made the the, the big soul signing. I love that. The Statlander signing. I love that. They brought in some really good ones, and I think they're going to keep doing that. But uh, they should sign Diana Perrazzo. She's yeah. TV ready. She can yeah, play face definitely. or heel. Bring her in. Yep, Diana Perrazzo. I think they should sign Ivelisse too. Uh, if Ivelisse has some problems, there's always been those talks that Ivelisse has had problems with certain people. Uh, tell everybody to get the fuck over it. <laughs> do your jobs. Do do the business. There there are people that, that will talk to me in the wrestling world, and they'll say, well, I don't know if I can get into AEW because this person doesn't like me, this person doesn't like me. And I'm like, well, if Tony mm-hmm. Khan likes you, that's, that's what matters. He's the boss. And yeah. all due respect to Cody, Young Bucks, and Omega – if Tony Khan wants somebody on that roster, they're going to be on that roster, and people are going to work with them. I mean, that's that's part of the thing that Tony put forth in the scrum earlier this year was that he went from being the final say to being the loudest voice in the room. Uh, Zach Barber yeah. says, has someone found Nyla's head after that home run she day hit? <laughs> Woo, baseball is back. <laughs> I love it. Oh, that was great. Also great, Brody Lee took me from not – caring about him at all based on the build of this story to having just some awesome work. John Moxley beat him. But Jeremy, how much did this do for you for for how Brody Lee is perceived? Uh plenty because everything leading up to this I could not get into at all. Uh I, I don't like the the Vince McMahon light stuff, whatever <laughs> it is. They can say, you know, it's it's not an exact uh, copy and whatnot, but it's that little bitty good. ting. It's not the same. Yeah. It's the vanilla <laughs> ice rule. Uh, yeah, th- that stuff did nothing for me. Even his go home promo this past week, I wasn't a fan of that either. But this match, I mean, this match was this match ruled. Uh, Moxley and Lee really played to each other's strengths, especially um, the the finish that they did really protected Brody Lee. So this made me a lot more invested in the Brody Lee character than anything he's done on Dynamite up to this point. There was a real happy accident right out of the gate where Moxley does the suicide dive, and there were like nine of them on this show. They really they need to work on that with agenting. But the barricade fell over, which I don't think was supposed to happen, and it made it look better. Uh, Moxley has really expanded his arsenal too. Gotch pile driver is good. The back body drop off the stairs through a table was good. Then Brody's throwing around suplexes, a superplex in the ring, a half Nelson suplex on the set outside the ring. Then he pulls down the set 
and slams Moxley on it. And, like, I know it's just plywood, but, God, it sounded like it hurt. And it was great. They paradigm shifted through the walkway, and Brody Lee is busted up. Now, if, if you all are going to blame anybody for kicking out of Moxley's finish, blame him. He said in my interview, he told John Moxley to no-sell it, and he just likes to vary it up and, and do ones that will work. But Brody kicks out of a paradigm shift at one, and then Moxley just unleashes like this MMA combo. And he's been, he had done a lot of training for the Cage Fighter movie. And you see the MMA elements play out. And I, I think they're pretty good. But he hits another paradigm shift, gets a two, and chokes out Brody Lee. Phil, your thoughts on this? Your, your thoughts on Brody Lee as a contender? Uh, did he improve in your eyes based on the build of this match? How, how did you feel? Well, I mean, I think we all knew Brody could wrestle. Like, yeah. I, I wasn't concerned that he was going to come in and not have a good match. I think the concern when he came over was what would he do as a character because we hadn't heard him talk in a long time and we hadn't seen him do any of the story element stuff. And I thought the story stuff was good. I thought he was working good as a character coming into this match. I thought he looked really good in this match. Um, I didn't care for him kicking out of the paradigm shift, but only because... You you had him go through a wood plank before that, and yeah. then you do a finisher after that. And he didn't just kick out; he kicked out at one. So it it, it almost felt like what WWE is doing with the Fiend, where it's like, okay, well, <laughs> how many? It's like, why does he even use the move? Him? Right. Um, but other than that, I thought it was a good match. Um, I thought the women's title match was better than this match, honestly. Um, but I did think this was a good. Title defense for Moxley, I think, is probably his best so far. <laughs> Definitely better than the Hager match. Yeah. Um, <laughs> How dare you? The Jake yeah. Hager match was the greatest empty arena match of all time is what oh I was Oh, my told. God. They, they got to go a different direction than former WWE talent that left with the next contender. Right, Jeremy? Uh, Brian Cage against Moxley at Fighter Fest was announced during the scrum. Okay. Oh. Awesome. Uh, the scrum that uh, I'm not on right now. <laughs> uh, follow at Fightful Wrestle, though. They do have the uh, information. Rex Joseph Calmerin says, I don't care what people say. Brody Lee is a main eventer. I think he's a main event quality performer. I, I just got to see it as far as storyline goes. BMAGS19 says, does Brody ascend if he becomes more gangster? I think he can. I think that when we go from seeing him as Luke Harper for so long, and it's such a categorical shift... Like, I I get it. They they want to erase that, but they're, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. Rob Wilkins says, any WWE talent backstage tonight? I don't know. I haven't heard, but uh, I'll find out. I'll, I'll look for it. Oh, here we go. The Stadium Stampede. Wow. Wow. Uh, so I'm going to read through some of the Super Chats here. Anakin JMT says, AEW must have seen corporate money in the bank and said, we can do better. Stadium Stampede was awesome. I thought it I mean, yeah, I don't know if it was inspired by money in the bank, but I thought that it was a great twist. I am loving cinematic wrestling right now. It is fun, and it gives us a reason to laugh. You know going into almost all these, you're going to laugh a little bit. Anakin JMT says, the way Ortiz shook after Matt rang the bell made him look like the Venom symbiote was trying to leave him. He shook for like two minutes. <laughs> it was so corny. I loved it. 
Fernando Zapata said, a freaking horse. Yeah, freaking horse. Rex Joseph Calmerin says, the whole pool of reincarnation sequence. A lot of people didn't like that. I thought it was fun because I was like, they're drowning him? This is tone deaf. Then they made the Lake of Reincarnation, and I was all right. Stay up and keep it up. Thanks to Blue Chew says, let's take it to the replay tent. I died inside. Anakin JMT says, Jeremy, the Hager-Moxley match will only be the greatest wrestling match until Backlash. That's true. (laughs) That's very true. Oh, boy, here we go. The inner circle's in football gear. There are cheerleaders everywhere. Hangman shows up on a horse. At this point, Phil, how are you feeling about this match? Because it's clear it's going to have some comedic aspect to it. Uh, well, unlike the unlike the Statlander match earlier, at least they didn't come out touching all the cheerleaders because I thought that was very strange that Statlander was touching everybody yeah. and then put that same finger in Penelope's mouth. And I just was sitting there cringing like, okay, yeah. COVID, 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 COVID. Wash your hands. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a good point. I didn't even really think about that, but we we start to see spots right out of the gate. Matt's ribs are heavily taped. Sammy misses a shooting star. Nick gets a tope con Hilo. Ortiz with an Isai moonsault. Matt Jackson moonsaults off the goalposts. Unbelievable. Uh, Omega gets slammed through a table on the field. And then we go up to the the Lake of Reincarnation, and I was like, what the hell is going on? They've got Matt Hardy up in the pool, they being Ortiz and Santana, and he turns into a different version of Matt Hardy each time. Jeremy, did this hit with you? Did did you like it? Was it too corny, too cheesy? Uh, First off, about Santana and Ortiz, if you didn't know, Sean, if they weren't proud, they would not be powerful. I hate that name. Uh, Um, I, I thought it was good. I, I like the, the Hardy callback stuff and everything. It, it's, it's wacky. It's gimmicky. Obviously that's what Matt Hardy is going to do here in AEW. That that's clearly his role. And in this kind of setting, it, it really works. I don't know what this means moving forward, but for this it works. Um, so yeah, I, I like that version one, Matt Hardy made an appearance, uh, I thought it was good. Um, I like the entrances. I like that there was a ring in the middle of this football yeah. field because it yeah. gave the impression of, yeah, we're just, it's gonna, it's a stadium stampede, but we're gonna hold it all in the ring. It'll be fine. And then of course, like, no, they're they're gonna brawl all around the stadium because why wouldn't you? <laughs> Hangman Page on a horse ruled. I was kind of shocked he didn't do that on Dynamite, even though the hundred yard dash was was great. And then people were like, they're probably saving it for the pay per view. I was like, well, hopefully, because yeah. if you have a stadium. Why wouldn't you bring a horse into this stadium? So yeah. I thought that was awesome. Hangman was just great throughout this entire thing. He trying to chase Sammy. He's like, screw it. I'm just going to go drink. <laughs> and perfect Hangman page. Fun fact, Proud and Powerful was going to be the name of Jeremy and Joe's podcast, but they went with Weak and Ashamed instead. <laughs> Joe, every time we talk about uh, Proud and Powerful, he, he says if they weren't proud, they wouldn't be powerful. So that oh, was my uh, inside nod to Joe right there. So the match goes on. Hangman's drinking at the bar. Hager attacks him. There was a spot where Hager Yuranagi's page onto the onto the pool. God, that looked like it hurt. Uh, page gets thrown all across the bar, and Swagger or Hager Swagger bombs Page through a table. Moxley told me that at one point during his match with Hager, that Hager because 
he was insistent on not calling anything until they got in the ring, and Hager was like, swagger bomb, and then shoot, gut wrench, power bombed him, and, <laughs> and Moxley was like, nothing I could do. Nothing I could do about it. <laughs> J.K. Schwal says, if you could hit a finisher on one mascot, which mascot are you picking? Oh, the, the is it the Philadelphia Flyers? Gotta be that Gritty. creepy. Yeah, gotta be that creepy ass one. How about you, Phil? Uh... Gotta be, gotta be Green Page mascot because I'm from Chicago and you know okay. we don't we don't mess with cheese that big. Okay, how about you, Jeremy? Steph Curry. You know what? I respect what? it. I respect it. <laughs> what? He hasn't played much this year. He's been a mascot for pretty much the whole year. I don't like that guy. I thought Evan... Draymond with their mascot. Oh, that's a better one actually. Yes. That's much better. Yeah. I'm a Thunder fan, a bitter one at that, but yeah. <laughs> Evan Wright says, them saying the refs could communicate was nice. I love that. They made sense of the situation. I dug that. Also, a spot that I dug, Omega helped out Paige, and then Paige poured him some milk. That was hilarious. <laughs> Matt Jackson does the suplexes on Sammy Guevara, the Northern Lights, and in my mind, I'm like, they got to go across the field. And they did cleverly edit it to where he went all the way across the field. And then when he hits the end zone, he celebrates and spikes Sammy into the end zone. <laughs> and the the hilarity, the hilarity of Rick Knox calling a penalty in a no DQ match when he doesn't call DQs in matches that actually have them made it worth the super kick. This was good. We saw a lot of cutesy aspects in this match, Phil. What did, did you like those? Did you not like those? How did you feel? Uh, I liked the match overall. I think it was supposed to be ridiculous. I mean, all of the stuff with Matt Hardy was great. I thought Matt stole every aspect that he was in. I thought he was one of the better performers in the match. Um, other than that, it was absolutely hangman with the start of this match as well. The, the, uh, Backflip off of the bar and the buckshot off of the bar were amazing. Um, that I mean, that whole sequence in the bar was just great. Um, Kenny looked great. The yeah. uh, the finish looked amazing off of the whatever that one wing angel off the balcony. Was. Yes, unbelievable. This happens after Neo One, which is the new Vanguard, distracts Sammy. Sammy had crawled into sprinklers and he had to run from Omega and Hardy in a golf cart. I love that he beat them this time. That's got to be a recurring thing in the future. But um, Nick Jackson had ran the stairs. Running the stairs was pointless. But he got through the, the table on Jericho. Uh, Hangman casually running the line marker over Jericho may have made me laugh more than anything. Because it was so casual. And Jericho went to the replay tent with Aubrey and called her a shitty referee. I like this. The elite <laughs> That's win. That's the best feud in AEW, Aubrey and Jericho. It's it's amazing. Some of these feuds, like Bailey and Michael Cole has been a great one too. Some really, really good stuff here. The elite win. They couldn't do blood and guts, but dare I say, this was better than what blood and guts was going to be. Jeremy, how do you feel? Uh, we're going to put a bow on this show. I mean, it was better than Blood and Guts in front of no audience because yeah. that, that certainly needed an audience to work. Ah, this was great. Like this was, It was wacky. It was over to the top. It was gimmicky. But it was exactly, I think, what we all needed at the end of this week. And I appreciated every moment. Look, the football stuff, it clicks with me as a football fan. I'm sure anybody who is a football fan 
the the over celebration, the challenge flag, the replay, and everything. Uh, I thought all that was great, but I, I loved every second of this. Phil, uh, you want to wrap it up? How did you feel about this main event? Uh, anything that, that maybe you got left out? Uh, I thought it was great. I mean, I don't know how much longer the cinematic boom is going to work. I mean, but this this was great. I mean, I feel like, and I also felt like it was its own thing. I didn't feel like they were trying to copy anything anybody else has done with cinematic matches. I felt yeah. like this was definitely an elite thing. This definitely was all of their in-house gags, all of their running jokes. Um, I think they are the only ones that would have been able to get like the chain Northern Lights off, <laughs> which yeah. was hilarious. I felt that it fit really well. They had the right ingredients for this match. And although I think they could have pulled off blood and guts just fine, I thought these ingredients to add a comedic factor to this match really, really worked. And that that's a good thing. If you can have people engaged in a match like this that is violent but funny and entertaining, that says very good things about the cast that you have. Uh, Joseph Farley says, Sean teaching me more than uh, sex, teaching me more sex ed than Kentucky public schools. Hey, uh, I, I learned from Kentucky public schools, my friends. He also says, Gritty is a god amongst mascots. How can you say that? The Reds, the Reds have like nine mascots. So, I mean, they would, they would whoop that ass. Anakin JMT says, Vince McMahon Googling tweeted out, I thought I canceled the XFL. During the Stampede match. Oh, well, guys, we are here every Wednesday for the Wednesday Night War podcast. Earlier that day, we had the list and your boy. We're back at our 2 p.m. start time this week. I'll tell you why when I'm allowed to. But we got reviews for Raw, for SmackDown, all kinds of stuff, plus stuff on Fightful Select. Please go there and support us. Uh, The exclusives that we get, it's largely in part to the support that we get from Fightful Select. But, uh, Jeremy, tell the people where they can check out the distraction and see you do, like, a slight amount of work, I guess, at Fightful. Yeah, sometimes I write things. Um, just <laughs> just sometimes. Uh, yeah, I'm on Fightful just about every day. The Distraction with Joseph Holbert. You can follow Joe on Twitter, at JoeHolbert5. Tuesdays, we review movies with wrestlers. We're reviewing Suburban Commando this week. Thursdays, we, we chat about wrestling, if you're into that stuff. Saturdays, we uh, play TEW, and Joe lowers the stock price while I try to raise it with WWE. Um, and that's a great time. You can follow me on Twitter, at Jeremy Lambert 88 I wish you could have seen me, because when you said, follow Joe Holbert, I did the Bret Hart when time was up at WrestleMania 12, when they're like, overtime, and he goes, why? <laughs> Look, I have to plug my, my co-host and my best friend. I give back to, I gotta give him the six-minute rub, okay? Okay. If okay. we weren't proud, we would not be proud. <laughs> well, you know what, maybe if he took some blue chew, it would be a lot longer than a six-minute rub. Phil, you do a lot of great stuff. Let the people know where they can check you out. Uh, you can find my writing at Daily DDT. You can also find my writing on women's wrestling at com. Highly encourage that, Phil. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, check out Phil's stuff. Follow him on social media. You can also follow Jeremy. I guess he he motivated me to order pizza tonight, and I will not forgive him. <laughs> I put in those miles on the Schwinn only to turn around and eat Domino's. The hell. Drew Nicholas says, cinematic matches need to stay even when we get back to normal. WWE and AEW should do once a year or so, once a year or two. I agree. 
keep these things. And I hope you all keep checking us out. Thank you all. We are out. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.